Hi, we're the Fancy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Gary in Santiago and a new podder. Welcome to the pod, John in Tokyo. How you doing? I'm good. Glad to be here. Long time listener. (laughs) (laughs) And new to to FPL as well, right? This is your second season and you're doing pretty well. Yeah, having a little spurt. So glad to uh, get in on the podcast while I'm doing well. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Didn't what do about? So well last year. Yeah, you had you had some good moments and some crazy moments last year. Now it's all come together. <laughs> Have you got a football highlight from this week or football moment? Yeah, there were there were a couple, but the one uh, watching the Villa Man U game that sort of really got me this week was uh, Jacob Ramsey. Um, there was there was a cross played in from a Villa player. Jacob Ramsey's a young twenty year old Villa midfielder, and the the ball the ball comes into him probably slower than everybody was expecting. He's eight yards out from goal. Uh, he's got probably a pretty easy finish, and the ball gets to him, and he just looks t- way too excited. His legs just sort of drop out from underneath him, oh, and then <laughs> falls to his knees. And then with the ball still, the ball still hasn't got to him by the way, right? So he falls to his knees. The ball's just still slowly rolling towards him from his eight yards down. <laughs> and he just kind of panics. And I think the embarrassment of like being in front of all the fans and like this is his like big chance to score as a young up-and-coming player. He just then like, instead of trying to jump up and scramble his feet together, he just decides to go down. <laughs> and from his knees, just collapses like fully like horizontal on the floor and grabs his knee. Oh, and, man. and then while he's holding his knee, the ball then just like hits him. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's cleared the ball yet. And he's just lying there with the ball next to him. Oh, man. And, uh, I just felt terrible for him because then, like predictably, after he rolled around for a while, he, he got up and played on and then sort of got substituted almost out of sympathy for him. And then when he when he went off, he, he, he I don't know, he was like, he, he was like, oh, should I fake a limp or something? He uh, <laughs> clearly was fine. And <laughs> oh, man. just a terrible miss. But luckily, you know, Villa got a result in the end. So it's not, people probably won't be what people remember. Well, they will now. After that description, <laughs> I felt like I was Ramsey at the age of 20. <laughs> Big chance. And then that's what would happen to me. Your, your legs would go. <laughs> exactly. <and> <laughs> it's like a diving header, but the ball rolls into your head as you're on the floor. I like it. What about you, Gary? What's your football moment? Uh, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna just relive a traumatic experience that I've just just witnessed a, a few hours ago. But it was um, watching Sheffield Wednesday away at Ipswich, and we were we were one nil up, grimly hanging on to the lead in the 89th minute, and. Um, we, 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 Ipswich had just had an attack. Uh, our goalkeeper, the poshest man in football, uh, Bailey Peacock Farrell, had had the ball <laughs> in his hands, and and one of the one of the Ipswich players had kind of gone down, and he kind of picked himself up, and he did that thing where he just kind of hides behind the goalkeeper, kind of quietly, not saying anything. But this, I, I know, I think Dion Dublin scored a goal like this once, but that all happened in about five seconds. This was like. It must have been at least 20, 25 seconds. And I was like watching it. It was like a car crash. He's standing there with the ball in his hands, just like looking around. And the the the, um, the Ipswich player, Macaulay Bond, is actually doing like the pantomime to all the home fans, just like, shh. <laughs> and then eventually, uh, none of our defenders are like switched on. They're all just walking upfield. Eventually, having like held the ball for about 25 seconds, he just kind of, 
he with great kind of uh, swagger just kind of like rolls it out in front of him on the floor. Uh, and then Bond sneaks round, gets the ball. He doesn't actually score. The, 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 he kind of recovers and manages to kind of scramble on the floor, but he manages to square it to another guy who squares it to another guy and they, they tap it in the net. So, oh, and it was just like, I just couldn't, I was screaming at the, the TV and you're like, you could see what was going to happen. But yeah, it was Keystone Cops. Oh, that's brutal. You can see it happening. That's it's so tough. And it's gutting because he was one of your big fans. You were a big fan of Bailey Peacock Farrell last season as well. Yeah, well, he, he started off really well. He keeps saving penalties. He saved like four penalties in a row. He's obviously found a, he's found a club where we concede a lot of penalties, which is probably good for him. But uh, uh, his, his, his normal goalkeeping is a bit erratic, to say the least. Well, if you say four in a row, he's he's due one one kind of throwing one into his own net, pretty much. My my football moment this week was um, was Brentford, I just coming from behind twice against Liverpool. It's just it's awesome. It's like they are they are the story of this season. They are the team to watch. The fun games are always going to be the Brentford games. I feel like, and yeah. um, just some some like really classy finishes as well in there. I know Ivan Tony's was ruled out, but. Took it so early, so nice. And was it Wisser who got the last minute equaliser? Like really cool little chip over Allison as well to finish it. Just yeah. generally, like yeah, I think last they season know their place right in a good way. They all know their place. In the they system. don't. They don't know their place in a good way, right? Like they, <laughs> they like the championship team that's come up and they don't know, you know, yeah. what they're supposed to be doing. But they're, exactly. but they're just playing with that swagger, like you say. Yeah, it's exactly like Leeds last season. Like they were so much, you know, fun to watch because exactly that reason they, they were just like, we're going to take on anyone, we're going to attack every single game, and that's what they're doing. It's brilliant. They're, they're an interesting team because they they run all on data, aren't they? That there's, there's like a, the guy is like a betting millionaire, owns a, owns a betting company, and he's been kind of like they 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 pick the they pick the players on the data, and they. They even got rid of their like youth setup and, and brought in like a B team of other young players who they 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 spotted from other clubs from based on whatever stats that they have on the the kind of the academy games. Yeah, I think they were saying that they just lose money in the academy because big clubs come in and take all of the best talent and they don't get any compensation that's worth anything. So, yeah, yeah, wow. Fre- fresh thinking, definitely ones to watch this season. Um. What about your game week so far, John? You're saying you're doing pretty well. How's your game week gone this week? Well, I was doing well. That's why I'm glad we got this podcast in quick. But um, the, this this week, it doesn't seem to be going as well. But it also looks like a lot of people's hasn't, right, with the Ronaldo blanking. I think I'm only on about 38 points so far this week. Um, yeah, just I've, I've got Rafinha. I've, uh, my, I've got, so far, I've done pretty well based off of a strong back line. So I went for elite defenders across the board. With um, I've, I've added in Robertson as well. So I've got Robertson and Trent, uh, as well as Diaz, who's done well for me so far, and uh, Shaw, who's you know not done fantastically but's done all right. And so putting a lot of money into those defenders, but they didn't you know haven't seen a lot out of them this week. That's been the consistent source of points for me so far. Ronaldo blanking, and then um, yeah, just like a lot of people just a few points and dribs and drabs from people like Salah and Rafinha and uh, 
the one that I've got left to play is uh, Triore. So he's unlikely to have a, a big week. He's not been on great form, but if he gets me some points, I might have a half decent week. Yeah, no. Seems like definitely a half decent week already. I'd say if he gets some of you, then it's a good week. Like, it seems like it's going to be pretty low scoring all around. Did you wildcard recently, or is this your kind of team that you've you've done just with free transfers? I did wildcard, but I didn't really change my uh, defence. I, I, I moved around. It was mostly to get Ronaldo in the team. Um, moved around the, the midfielders and attack. But uh, I kind of uh, tried to keep with a similar structure to what I had before and um, in terms of keeping that defence and then uh, trying to you know get a balanced team. You're kind of ahead of the curve, I feel like, because everyone on Twitter who's big into FPL is talking about, or on YouTube, talking about going big at the back with, like, you've got four, you know, high-priced midfielders in the big teams. Not exactly the same ones. I think it's more like Chelsea defenders, but Man City are in there as well. And you could always swap, you know, one of your Liverpool, Liverpool lads down to a Chelsea player or... I, I, I want to keep those Liverpool players. The, the, the one that I... um might switch out is Shaw for Rudiger. It seems yeah. like the obvious swap at the moment. And I think Shaw might be about to come down in value too. So I might want to get back on him later, but get off before his value drops because so many people backed him at the start. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, it, it wouldn't take that. It wouldn't take much for, for the amount of people that could back out of him to make his value drop a lot. Especially with the injury he picked up because he went off early, didn't he? So oh, yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That's right. So, yeah. So probably yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good shout. How about you, Gary? How did you get on this week? Oh, it's been a it's been a pretty much a disaster this week. Uh, at least at least it's not going well for other players as well. But um, yeah, I've 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 only got twenty five points I think at the moment. Um, so with uh, Mo Salah has been the only one who's really done anything. Uh, I've got <laughs> strangely enough that I'm tripling up on Brighton this week. So Brighton, <laughs> save me. <laughs> Save me, Brighton. <laughs> Sanchez, Veltman and Trossard still to play. But yeah, I had Ronaldo as captain like a lot of people and he blanked. You guys have both gone with Pookie as well. Yeah. The, the Pookie party is still going on in your house. <laughs> well, it's that, it was that run of Norwich fixtures that started a couple of weeks ago that just thought wanted him in for the, you know, a, a fair stretch of games. It looked like Norwich had a, a good run, but you know we, they they just haven't had a great season so far. Uh, but at least relatively, it should be his time to shine. I guess yeah. The only thing is, if you brought him in for that run, you kind of have to keep him until something happens because yeah. a, <laughs> a good run goes on to like game week fourteen, so that's a long time. But it I guess is. there's other players, I, right? I, I mean, I I just think he. He's only six million, but he 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 plays every game for Norwich, and they've lost their first six games, but he's still scored two, two goals. So if they do beat anyone, then then watch out. He'll he'll be he he does all their he he is their main threat. So he is, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, Fair and enough. he's on pen, he's on penalties too. You just need just need some accident <laughs> to happen in the box. But for six million, you know, you don't need a lot. So I I might keep him in there while they have got that run. Fair enough. Um. For me this week, I think I'm on 41 points, waiting for Sanchez to play, Marcel to play, and Livramento. Um, so considering it's a low-scoring week so far, I'm pretty happy with that. 
I brought, I got rid of, I sh should have asked you guys who your transfers were. I can come back to that. My transfer this week was Bamford out for Dennis of Watford, the cheap, like 5.3 or something striker, mm -hmm. just because they've got, they had Newcastle this week and then they've got Leeds next week. And I thought he's going to be my bench fodder for a little while. But in the meantime, a couple of good fixtures while I've got some injuries. Yeah, I'll play him. I'm kind of regretting it straight away because I, the other move I was going to do was Torres out for Saar. Saar scored. Torres didn't get a minute. So that's a bit gutting. So uh, all in all, going well, though. Like, I'm glad that Rafinha actually turned up because I, I would have been down to Sissoko or Williams at Norwich if he hadn't. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me. Who were your transfers this week, guys? Did you make any? What about you, Gary? Uh, I was saving a transfer this week, so... Uh, uh, yeah, no. Saving it for the fixture sweep, switch next week. What about you, John? I just did the the fairly standard Bamford for Antonio. Like oh, for yeah. life. Um, I'd have actually liked to have kept Bamford. I, it, I, I wasn't um, all aboard the Antonio train. I, I, I was preferring Calvert-Lewin. I thought I thought he he was uh, obviously Antonio had a blazing start, but I thought longer a little bit longer term I'd like to have kept Calvert Lewin, and then Bamford had this really good run of fixtures, um, but both of them being injured, uh, I sort of had to get aboard with uh, the form he's in, you know, yeah, sort definitely. of uh, fate, fate talking sense into me probably. It's it's quite nice when you've got those kind of transfers where you don't have to think about it too much. It just makes sense. And it may be a blessing in disguise for you and me, having Rafinha and Bamford, Leeds not looking brilliant, maybe switching to Antonio and me switching to a cheap one and maybe changing formation is a bit of a blessing for us. You never know. Yeah. Um, Shall we have a look at the listeners and see how they're getting on in our at FPL FF Fanatics Podcast League? Just rolls off the tongue, that one. Um, so we'll, we'll have a look at the top five. I don't think any of us are in even the top 20. Um, top five, in, moving into sixth, fifth place is Aman Gulati with Team Dalek. In fourth is Minty Vomit. Uh, that's Richard Barnett's team. Lovely team that's name. Uh, then we've got Vincent Hogan's team in third, dropping down to third from first, I think, with Havertz, bit of that. And then we've got Kit Goodall's team, Edu Brute, uh, moving up into second. And then in first place, my little Tony. So it's a lovely Father Ted gag, <laughs> Nathan Cox. Uh, this week he's on 47 points. Um, yeah, I guess not a massive one for first base, but Salah, Jota, Rafinha and Gray in his midfield. That's really what's got him there with Antonio up front as well. And I think just Liveramento to play as well. So congratulations to Nathan if he stays on top. Obviously, we're recording end of Saturday. Um, so Sunday and Monday games haven't happened yet. But, you know, this is when we could all get together. So that's why we're recording now. Shall we talk topics? Have I missed Absolutely. anything? I might have missed something. What about joining? If you want to join the Fanatics League and if you want to take us on and try and knock Nathan off the top spot, the code to join is PD79YQ. Um, okay. This week, I think we were going to talk about Chelsea first up. Um, so I think 
Gary, you, you've held a transfer. I'm guessing that might be to bring in some Chelsea players because their their run from now for a good few weeks is pretty nice, right? Yeah, well, I was I was actually listening to the last the last podcast, and you inspired me to get Alonso already, and Oops, he, he paid off. Well, he paid off immediately with ten points on the. This is the week week ago. Uh, okay. um, so so yeah, I I I was I was in two minds whether to play him against Man City, but I. I I kind of thought it had maybe nil-nil written all, all over it, but that deflected goal from Jesus just was the difference in the end. But but yeah, so I, I think I'm covered with Alonso. I, I think I think for me, and I know we're going to talk a bit about Ronaldo later, but I'm I'm looking at Lukaku and thinking kind of he's the main man and he's going to play. So I'm I'm thinking of of bringing in Lukaku. Um, I guess. It's quite hard with their midfielders just to know who's going to play, but so that so that makes a defender in Lukaku for me seems like the obvious way to do it. Is that yes. a reaction though to uh, you know? Are you thinking with Ronaldo blanking this week that you want to get Lukaku in just because of that instant sort of feeling of disappointment? I think I think I always was a bit skeptical about Ronaldo. I, I must admit I, I brought him in a bit out of fear. Because yeah. I thought he's going to come in. The first game was at home to Newcastle. And I thought, well, everybody's going to captain Ronaldo. Everyone's going to bring him in. If I don't have him, I'm going to be left behind. So um, I, I, de I deliberately wanted him for the first three games. And then I was going to make a decision on Ronaldo and Lukaku. Or, um, yeah, do I switch? And, and the, the problem with Ronaldo and Lukaku is I have to make money somewhere else. So it would be kind of Grealish for a very, very cheap midfielder or Salah for a, a mid-priced midfielder. I think I'd rather lose Ronaldo for that for that amount of money. Yeah. It's also not just him as well. I mean, we're kind of switching away from Chelsea and moving on to the other topic, but that's fun. We can come back to Chelsea. I think it's Man United. It's more than Ronaldo. I think yeah. Ronaldo still looks pretty decent. You know, his stats are pretty good, but Man United is starting, the cracks are starting to show. The, the yeah. boost they got from having Ronaldo you know, in his debut and games after that. But now, you know, Sancho's not playing well. Like, Fred is still looking like an absolute car crash of a player. Um, They've got so many options, though, haven't they? But against Villa, to me, they look like a team of individuals. And they yeah. just didn't have that, you know, just so much talent on the field, though. I mean, I almost look at them and think I'd rather have their options than even City or Chelsea's. And... Uh, I mean, Solskjaer's really sport for choice, but that it just he probably doesn't know what his best eleven is at this point, right? And it's not quite sinking. And another big thing was Fernandez stepped up and I mean he took a terrible penalty, blazed it over yeah, the front. Yeah, he took the penalty. But the fact that he took it, right. So but my I that almost makes me immediately want to get rid of Ronaldo because if yeah. Fernandez is on penalties, that's a big loss for your the most premium player in the game, right? But um, I actually so he missed it as well. So does he keep he, it? And he missed it. So so maybe him missing it means it's the last one he's going to take. Yeah. Um, but actually, I'm probably reading too much into this. Um, I was watching the body language. Ronaldo was standing there, but Fernandez had already grabbed the ball and wouldn't let it go. They didn't fight over it. Ronaldo didn't didn't try to take it off him. 
but it kind of looked to me like Fernandez was claiming it from Ronaldo. So I, I wonder if uh, that was the case and, and that now he won't be able to do that again. Having just <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know if you guys remember this. I always remember the Yap stand penalty that he took. I think it was for Holland like years and years ago. But like he, he stood up and took, hit it like could, could have had three goals piled on top of each other. It would have still been over. But, but Fernandez wasn't quite as bad as that, but it was reminiscent because he just he struck it with such confidence and power. But it was a, it was a conversion. Yeah. I, d- I do hate it when like players seem to argue over who takes the penalty. It seems to yeah. me like the fir- one of the first rules of management is this is your penalty taker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone knows who it is, but it, it seems to be, I don't know, the players are just more spoilt these days, but it's like, I've got the ball. I'm not going to let go of the ball. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it when players fight over <laughs> it because it's just, oh, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. You get to see like, like Richarlison or someone like that, like spit their dummy out. They want the ball. They don't get it, or they do get it. Like the guy at Fulham, I can't remember his name. A couple of years ago, Camera, Camera, yeah, he got it, and then didn't he miss it or something like that? Mm. There's either pressure on the player who is the set penalty taker who takes it, or if you steal it and you miss, it's just ah, it's beautiful drama to watch. More of that in opposition teams, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Maybe if Fernandez tries to claim the next one after that miss, Ronaldo won't be having it, and then uh, I mean, I'd love to see that fight. I, I was just going to say, while, while we're on the topic of Manu, then, that, um, yeah, and I, th- I think this is the first pod we've ever done without a Man United fan on, so we can maybe like, just put the boot in for Manu. Yeah. Um, but I, d- I do want, there's, there's been a big debate going on about Ronaldo and whether it's a good signing. And there's a few, like, um, I think some of the, like, the tactics boffins, like Jonathan Wilson and Michael Cox and things like that, are saying, like he doesn't run enough, he doesn't move enough. He's he's going to be a terrible signing, and the the ex pros are all saying, "Oh, it's an obvious signing. He's he's going to be amazing." Um, so I think this this next few weeks we'll we will see because after after Manu play Everton next week, they've got five out of six. So I'd say really tough games: Leicester away, Liverpool at home, Spurs away, Man City at home, Watford away is probably the one easy one, and then. Chelsea away um so it'll be interesting to see how well how much Ronaldo runs is he playing every 90 minutes and does that work as a does that work for the team that that's that's the test yeah. I think they uh they were doing some research um Mark Southerns on FPL black box last week or the week before I think and they were looking into R- Ronaldo data from Juventus and basically they were saying that he gets huge hauls against teams down the bottom of the league but teams in the top 10 of the league he'll get the you know goals obviously but not braces not hat tricks not anything big and not a huge amount of goals he gets the majority against he's a flat track but bully basically so it is a bit worrying that as soon as the fixtures turned even you know Villa Everton up next even those kind of top tier teams maybe you know top 10 teams he he might struggle a bit and man you man you also struggle a bit potentially as well less chances yeah. so I, I kind of agree with that maybe maybe people were saying the other day oh you know we can't drop Ronaldo surely he, look at his form he's playing well in a team that's not playing that well but actually Lukaku great fixtures save a million and we have to go back to Ronaldo is it game week 16 something like that when um mm. uh, when December. Man United's is it December 
Man United's fixtures just go absolutely mad for a long, long time. Uh, game week 15, or maybe 14 if you count Arsenal at home. I mean, Ronaldo's done it to us before. But from then until game week 27, it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous run of green. So it's yeah. only it's only for a little bit. You know, we're not dropping him forever. I th- that that might be the right call, but it, like it, I'm also worried about making that rash decision. There is still I still have the fear that Gary was talking about surrounding Ronaldo. You don't want to be mm. left out, but but I think that does make sense though logically. I mean I see a lot of red in their upcoming fixtures versus Chelsea's. You know we 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 know that they're on a, a great run of fixtures, so the contrast is big. Um, so that that kind of leads us back to Chelsea. So we're saying yeah, maybe. I did that. <laughs> smooth you're basically hosting this thing it's your first episode <laughs> so Lukaku was saying I mean he's the only player in the Chelsea team apart from the goalkeeper who you pretty sure is going to start every single game right yeah um and then after that who do we go to you've gone to Alonso Gary I really like that pick because Chilwell there seems to be a lot of stuff recently then talking about his his head not being in the right place he missed a penalty, didn't he, in the League Cup? Um, just seems to be in a bit of a bad moment for him. So, Alonso, yeah, I like that one. You're going Rudiger, John, you think, which also so, seems so really sensible. I think, I, think I, I, I might end up being less sensible. We'll see. But right now, the, what's in my mind is to bring in Rudiger for Shaw, just because I'm partly concerned with the values. I'm, I'm concerned with Shaw's value dropping, and maybe that's not the best reason I should just be thinking about makes the most sense in terms of points but but that's one consideration um Shaw versus Rudiger and Rudiger looking the better option again with that same comparative fixtures we talked about um my fear with bringing in Alonso um well just Chelsea fullbacks in general is they've got their sport for choice and although uh, Alonso has been playing I think every week there's always the risk that uh you know with a player of Chilwell's quality that you'll rotate at some point um, Rudiger does seem to be pretty set in the team. Thiago probably is, but just because of his age, you know, he might get rotated. It's it's that it's it's very hard to predict. There's, I just think there's very few players that you can be very sure will play every week. And Rudiger's one. Uh, Jorginho's probably one. And yeah. if he's still on their penalties, I mean, we saw how well he did with goals last year. I'm I'm considering him. You just have to wait for the first pen. Is it going to be Lukaku? I imagine it will be Lukaku, right? No, I don't know. I mean... Uh, That's a big thing for the captaincy as well with Ronaldo. If we're not sure if Ronaldo has them, if Lukaku does, then it's another reason to switch, right? Yeah. If I had to bet, I'd say it'd still be Jorginho. But really? I, I think oh, Lukaku would what... be worth it anyway. Yeah, yeah. That was that was actually I, I agree with Gary I, th- I think I w- I if I was the manager I'd probably go with Jorginho and that's that's my expectation so that was why uh, one consideration in not rushing into Lukaku but we'll see yeah yeah I think you just got to wait for that first penalty if, before you move for Jorginho not Lukaku but Jorginho for sure yeah yeah and then the yeah. other one I think we haven't mentioned is uh, uh, the other midfielder Kovacic. Yeah, I think that's a flash in the pan. I think that's like, you know, Kante a couple of seasons ago, he was the same kind of price and scored a few goals. But then Kovacic scored his first goal for Chelsea this season, I think. And he's been there a good few years. So not for me. Definitely not for me. Jorginho, I can see the logic if he's on pens, but not Kovacic. 
no sir what about christensen i mean he's cheap and he seems to be playing pretty regularly and if you're going to be going big at the back a cheap one of the top four or top two three teams with a, a player who's going to play at least four out of five that's pretty good right and he might match rudiger for the same amount of minutes yeah, well, I, I don't know how serious uh, Reese James's injury was, but if he if he is injured, then that means Aspilicueta at, at right wing yeah. back, and that that yeah. means it opens up a slot for for Christiansen as well. Yeah. So does Christiansen play right side of the three, or because I'm assuming Thiago Silva plays centre of the three, because he's he's an old man, he's a bit more of a sweeper role, right? That's a good question. I thought Christiansen could kind of step into midfield a bit. So I think he sometimes plays in the centre because he plays okay. in midfield for Denmark sometimes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is where our knowledge of the Chelsea back three has been exposed slightly. <laughs> so we move on. Basically, there's lots of options. Get some of them and probably get Lukaku. Um, I think we're kind of in agreement about that then, which is a bit of a change from last week. So, next topic. What about you, John? Let's talk about you. Because <laughs> last season, we we coaxed you in to play fantasy football. It was the pandemic. Everyone was yep. staying at home. It was the perfect time. And you did some wild things. There were some great things in there. There were some not so great things. But now, like, you're talking like a an FPL pro and you're doing really well. How, how, how have things changed? Well, first, well, first of all, I got you into fantasy football when you were 17. Okay. Daily, daily mail football. Come on, give me some. Credit. Oh, was it telegraph? That sounds a bit more sophisticated. Uh, it might have been. <laughs> But it was definitely sending in postage stamps in order to make transfers. That and, and I was the league manager who had organised it, and I had to send in everybody's postage stamps every time anybody wanted to make a transfer. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, and didn't, then didn't, I, they used, didn't they used to print all the results in the paper? It was like yeah. a tiny little font. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we used to have breakfast together in the morning back when we were at school together and uh, it, most of the people on, on this podcast. But um, I used to I remember bringing in the paper and we'd all check it and then uh, asking people what the transfers were going to be. Uh, I remember and, like holidays by the pool with a massive like I'd never read the Telegraph as a 17 year old, but buying a Telegraph, oh, we've got to make sure we can get the Telegraph and we're, we're, like wherever we were in like south of France. But the funny thing is the Internet existed then. And I can't really imagine for the life of me why we were sending in postage stamps. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it predated the internet, but it, but yeah. I guess, I don't know, things, not as many things were online then, it's hard to imagine. But um, yeah, but other than that, I guess I am a, new, a newbie to, to fantasy football. And the, the, the big change for me from last year, I think, I mean, you, you sort of just get a sense for who are consistent, you know, people who go out and get points for you most weeks but I think a big problem for me last year was I, I had this ideal in my head I was always trying to work towards the ideal team rather than I was never ahead of the fixtures game I was never really looking at the the run of fixtures because I was always playing catch-up with oh no Calvert-Lewin is having a great season I've got to switch my team around to have him in um, and I was trying to make that ideal team. And then my, my the thought in my head was make the ideal team and then stick with it. Yeah, yeah. 
and I never created that ideal team. And then I was never able to then make the tweaks for the upcoming games. And so what I've done this year differently uh, was, for better or worse, I've, I've, I'm trying to stick with a structure. And so I've decided to spend money, like I mentioned at the back. But then what it left me with was the ability to have two premium players, which has now become Salah and Ronaldo. Um, and then with what's left, uh, that structure worked out because there's a lot of eight million pound strikers, right? We've seen Bamford, Antonio, Calvert-Lewin. Also Ings is another option that hasn't necessarily been delivering yet. Um, that those four strikers were people I looked at. Other people like Ollie Watkins could be in that mold as well. Um, who, depending on fixtures and depending on form, can be brought in and out. So rather than say to myself, Calvert-Lewin's the best player, needs to be there, or Antonio's the best player, needs to be there, just realise that I don't know, right? Um, but having a space in my team for an 8 million striker means that I, I don't need to know, right? Yeah. And uh, the same with midfielders. There's a, a just looking at it before the season began. There's a lot of really good six to six point five million midfield options. They were more more in my head. It was six point five million options. Uh, people like Rafinha, um, Buendia, uh, Deli Ali was one I really favoured coming into this season. I think you got that pronunciation wrong. By the way, I think yeah. Paul, Paul Merson pronounced it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't go with Paul Merson, but how would you, how how do you pronounce it? Yeah, I mean, I pronounce it Bondier, but Paul Merson's the expert on these kind of things. He, he <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's guy. <laughs> um, I'm always yeah living in Japan too means I never get to uh, hear how uh, <laughs> pronouncing the new names in football. But um, <laughs> Buendia, uh, but then. Um, but the, yeah, but those like 6.5 million options were looking good at the start of the season, but now they've become maybe 6 million options with people like Saar, uh, Gray, you know, the ones that are trending at the moment. There's a lot of good budget midfield options. So it, so even if I end up coming down a bit in value, it's not a big change. The um, That structure is helpful because for, for me, it just sort of keeps my head screwed on. I'm trying to stick with it and, and not just be overly reactive and change my structure every week. But then with one transfer a week, I, you know, I, I, can, I can potentially do them one a week rather than having to wait to do two to switch things up. Just bring in a like for like in terms of value. Yeah, I think, I think one thing you've done you've, is I, I've had a tendency in this game to pack the midfield and spend all my budget on my midfield. You've got two 4.5 million midfielders on your bench. But yeah. uh, that means you can have a, like a really strong first team, and I mean Sissoko and Skip—they're both playing at the moment, so they—they they are. Sissoko could be a godsend if he um, if he starts scoring the odd goal because he's a 4.5 million starting midfielder who certainly used yeah. to kind of get forward a bit. So I think that's a good way of balancing it. Yeah, and I also like the look of Gilmore as another 4.5 million midfield option. Um, I, I actually wanted to have three. Uh, 4.5 million midfielders and the only reason I've, I've only gone with two is because you get there's so many good options for value um, on the bench in terms of defenders and at the moment I've got White but there's you know Eiling and, and people like that Cody at Wolves there's you, there's a lot of good options for 4.5 and there's also the possibility of going down to 4 million if somebody um, shows value there. Um, it seemed to me that I want that first bench choice 
at least to be uh, reliable. And so I kept it to a four man defense. I actually would like to have a five man defense because there's so many good defender options the, the way I see it. Um, I'd like to be playing a five man defense every week. And, and Sissoko is a good point because if he does prove to be the godsend that he might be, then I might be able to make that switch and potentially bring in someone like Rudiger for White and then take out um, one of my 6.5 million midfielders. See, I, see, I think that's where you're going too far. That's where you lose your structure of slotting in players that you want. Because I think four is great. And then you want the ability to say, you know, if you have to have five premiums, if you, what's happened to the strikers happens to the key defenders, you know, Banford's injured, Calvert-Lewin's injured. There's a few other injuries that are affecting like Callum Wilson, stuff like that. Suddenly your option becomes quite narrow and you've got five mm. slots to fill. It's trickier. Well, you see, this is this is, this is is exactly why that structure is keeping my head screwed on because exactly. I, I haven't done it. I said to myself, this no. is your structure, stick with it. Yeah, and uh, and 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 uh, you're probably right. I probably shouldn't play five at the back, but it's it's a thought that's like I keep having that I should, and I'm just like, no, stick to the structure. So so I'm so I'm going to do that at least until halfway through the season and see how that bears for me. I think you've also done something which I never do. I always want to do, but never give myself the headspace, which is look at the season before it starts and see the price points and say, this is going to be my philosophy of how I set up, like. Big at the back, these midfielders look good. Eight million strikers look good, and I'm going to stick with that for a, you know a significant period of the beginning of the season. I'm always just a bit more reactive, and me and Matt and Ben always kind of stick to the template of players who are suggested to us by Twitter and all that kind of stuff, fantasy football scout stuff like that. So yeah, I think you're doing the right thing, and um, yeah, nice one. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Next one is. Our expectations are kind of linking to what John was doing before the season. Which teams do we think we're going to do well that aren't? Which teams do we think that are going to be shite that aren't? Gary, what do you reckon? Well, I'd, I'd start off just by saying about Leeds. And um, I kind of, I, I think I'm going to try and make a case for saying like Leeds aren't very good this year, but I, I think they've been quite unlucky in some of their games. So I might be talking nonsense, but I, I just think there's a lot of parallels I don't know if it's just a Yorkshire thing, but um, Huddersfield and Sheffield United both came up, surprised a lot of people in their first season. And then the second season, they just fell away. And Leeds, I mean, no wins from their first six games. And games like away at Newcastle, that seemed like a really winnable game. Um, and they didn't win it. Um, they have had a few tough games in there as well. But I, I just wonder if kind of teams get to know their tactics a bit. They kind of work them out. And then some of the Leeds defenders were really good last season, but this season, like, no clean sheets at all. Yeah, it's a bit tricky. I think you nailed it. I think it's the Yorkshire thing. I think people from Yorkshire just can't hack it. In this. I mean, I say people from Yorkshire. Gary, obviously, you're a proud Yorkshireman. Yeah, I mean, I do want to see Leeds fail, of course, as well, <laughs> which is, is, is part of it. <laughs> maybe biasing me a bit. I mean, I mean, I would say from a fantasy football perspective, like the two stars that everyone tends to have, like now that Dallas is a midfielder, no one has him, is it Rafinha and Bamford, and they have actually started the season well. Um, yeah. It's more that they're unheralded players that are, are doing really badly. I was kind of a bit sad that Meslier hasn't done a bit better. You know, people were saying at the start of the season, what you want is a D 
decent team with a, not a decent defence, so you can get lots of save points. And I think, John, weren't you big on Meslier last season? Uh, no. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, no, I did, I did have him in. Um, so it was, it was more that I got my goalkeeping choice wrong at the beginning and then kind of fixed it, but didn't want to get all the way on board with uh, who's the, the Villa goalkeeper. Oh, Martinez, yeah. Yeah, Martinez. That that was probably the the right choice, but I, I, I it w- it wasn't so much a strong belief in Messi as uh, just a uh, bit of stubbornness. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he did all right. Did all right. I, I think I think with Leeds, I kind of agree, Gary. I don't know if they have been unlucky. I think injuries they don't seem to have been that lucky with. Maybe they started the season not totally match fit. It's kind of seemed, and then they picked up. You know, a couple of injuries, especially in defence. They just, like, Llorente, Cock, like, a few of them just can't stay fit. They can't keep a, the same back four. I do, I do wonder with this second season syndrome, it's, it's, not that, it's not that nobody knows who their players are, because obviously these days there's so much scouting and things go on, but it's more over the course of the season, teams kind of come up with a blueprint to beat them. And then by the second season, everyone copies it. Because I think Man United have pretty much cracked the Leeds code. Whatever Man United do to them, they they seem to be able to beat them at ease. Yeah, I think you're right. And Bielsa doesn't sound like the kind of manager from what I've seen and what I've heard is that he's quite stubborn. He will stick to the way that he plays, even though they're losing 4-0. He's like, nope, stick to the plan. Everything's fine. Keep playing like that. So yeah, it's kind of ideal for that Ollie but situation. Even even if they're in a relegation battle, it doesn't necessarily necessarily mean that Rafinha and Bamford are bad shouts because I still think they'll 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 create chances and probably score goals, but maybe the defense is steer clear of the defense this year. It's the it's the Eiling pick that I had at the start of the season, isn't it? It's pretty much like he's never going to come good. Just steer clear pretty much. I agree. Overachievers, I would definitely say Brentford for me. Like I thought, I was interested in them from the stats point of view. You know, the data approach to the game and that kind of stuff. Finding kind of unheralded players and them turning into world beaters. You know, Tony um, Watkins they brought through as well, and a few others. But fancy football wise, my brother Ali he says he thinks that Tony is a season keeper. I kind of feel like you guys are on Pookie. Why not switch to Tony? It's not a big jump in price. And yeah. I feel like that's going to be a better better watch for you, more fun. You don't have to uh, tune into yeah. Norwich games. T- Tony is my long-term choice, actually. I brought Pookie in for the run of fixtures, but it didn't. It seemed to immediately backfire because Tony then went and got a big haul. But uh, I've still got 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 in the bank, and that's, that's, that is my long-term play. I think I think he does seem like a long-term season keeper, like Ali says. He might he might just be that kind of player that is fairly fixture-proof. They're just going to attack everyone, pretty much, you know, like Liverpool. Well, so, I mean, he he is a he is according to Thomas Frank the the best penalty taker in the world. So um, he does look pretty cool when he comes yeah. up to take them. Yeah, um, yeah, and on pens as well. I mean, I would go there from Pookie personally. I'm, I mean, I might be trying to go Pookie and Tony soon. Um, we'll see. But I, I think, yeah, I, it, that would mean I have triple Brentford, which is probably quite a lot. But um, I, yeah, Tony's been very impressive. I, I'm surprised his price has gone down because 
I, I think. Wow. Yeah, because he, he he's got twenty nine points from six games, but his his price has gone down by point two. Um, wow, because he blanked a lot at the start, didn't he? And that's when everyone was on him. Yeah, uh, the one I've got, oh, I think I hope he's going to catch fire, but we'll see. Is Embuemo? So I think for five point five million midfielder for someone who who basically plays up front. But he's only got one goal so far this season. But I, I feel like he's not going to be a prolific striker. I think he's more of a wide forward. But he's still, I certainly think he, for me, I'm surprised that more people haven't got him. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with him and see how he goes. There's a few really good picks as well. You've got Raya as well, haven't you? He seems to have been the, the 4.5 player to have in goal. Yeah, I mean, touch wood, I've, I've managed to get my Raya and Sanchez rotation perfect so far. So we'll see how Sanchez does today. But the, the three weeks I've had Raya, Raya in, he's got a clean sheet. So I can't, I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. And having the rotation even better. So basically, Mbwemo, Tony, Raya, and anyone else from Brentford? Or... I mean... I think their defence has been very solid so far. So, I mean, you look at Pinnock and Janssen, 4.6 million defenders, and they're on 33 and 36. Um, I think they're both, they're both, I think Pinnock and Janssen are both quite good in the air. So they, they can be quite direct. So, so that, that's quite, um, it's quite interesting. And then, and then Rico Henry, they're like the left wing back. Uh, he's not really done any goals or assists yet, but He's already got 22 points just from clean sheets. So, so I think yeah. there's there's definitely uh, if you're looking in that 4.5 price range, there's a lot of good options. And the thing is, the fixtures are nasty for the next three. But I feel like with a player like Tony, now is the time maybe because his price has dropped, like you say, down to 6.3. That's really cheap. He's on penalties, fairly fixture proof based on the fact they're going to attack everyone. And he might get more chances against the big teams. Who knows? Because they're going to push forward a bit more. Uh, I'm going to push you both towards him and see see what happens. But you might already be going there. It sounds like you both are anyway. So, um, anyone else? John, what about you? Anyone who's underachieved or overachieved? Those are the two more obvious ones, I would say. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of changes this year um, with managers that have moved. People like uh, Nuno going from Wolves to Tottenham and it left me wondering both about expectations for Tottenham and Wolves. Um, Wolves in particular, I mean, they've been such a, a, a strong team. I think they've, they they had consecutive seventh place finishes and then last year a bit, bit worse, but what were they, 10th or 11th or something. Um, now without Nuno, are they still a force? And they they haven't got results so far, really. They they're not like they haven't started all that strongly on paper. But watching a couple of their games against uh, Tottenham against Man U, um, I thought they actually played very well. And so, especially against Tottenham, I mean Tottenham are very lucky to get a, a win against them early on in the season. Um, so I really don't know what to think of that. I Triare that day absolutely blew us being Tottenham absolutely blew us apart and doesn't have that end product though right so I've got him in my team at the moment uh, and he hasn't done anything for me but he but so much potential in terms of he just breezes past people if he could finish or cross he would be I mean I he'd be a 12 million 12 million player he just he just he walked he absolutely 
brushes by defenders like they're not there. Um, but yeah, but Wolves are the, a big question for me. Like I, I want, I want to put people like him in. I want to, I want to bring in uh, Jimenez as another uh, sub eight point eight million um, striker option if he ever finds form. And he, he's, he seems to be playing well every week, but not delivering another one. So that's that's a big question for me. I, I think now they've, I think now the fixtures have have gone look pretty good Wolves I think Jimenez would be a really good shout because not many people a lot of people are selling him at the moment so he'd be a good one to take people by surprise I, th I think he might come good soon there's just uh, lots of people are waiting for that first goal before they go there I'm one of them as well like I do have to see him get maybe one or two goals just you know one that bounces off him and goes in and then he's off yeah. and he's away yeah Hopefully, he doesn't bounce off his head because then it might do him more damage than like mentally. Wow. Than, uh... He he uh, <laughs> he threw down his his head guard last game week, didn't he? he? Threw it to the floor after he missed a header, and he played on without it. So maybe we won't see that head guard anymore. Who knows? And um, what about Spurs? They're they're your team, you know. Yeah. Commiserations for that, but yeah. I don't um, know. I think I think it's going to be week to week for a while. How I feel about that and with the. <laughs> The, the North the North London derby uh, will Tomorrow, be pivotal. Uh, yeah, pivotal probably, because you know how that stays in our heads for a long time. Yeah, it's going to be a good thing that we're recording before that. I think. Yeah, I mean, it's oh, well, not you, a big we, one. you wouldn't pick up the phone. You, you wouldn't. We wouldn't be doing this if uh, if it was after the Tottenham <laughs> win. Another quick flashback memory was uh, our, uh, me having not remembered what my English homework was, and then calling Duncan up uh, back at back at school. Uh, right after the North London derby where Tottenham had, uh, had won and his brother picking up the phone and Duncan refusing to take it and uh, <laughs> just, only one of my friends in my English class couldn't find out what my homework was and I, 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 I called him three or four times he would not come to the phone this, this is what it means to us right I, I, uh, that was my you, excuse to my English you teacher failed that exam. but this is real you failed that exam <laughs> and, you, and you never you were kicked out of school after that I'm sorry. I, I never apologise. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's uh, it sticks in our heads, doesn't it? It's uh, and and I I'm not an Arsenal hater, but um, but it's the one it's one of the big fixtures you remember. So looking forward to it, and and it will dictate my view of whether Tottenham are going to have a good season or not. I think um, we'll we'll see because the both both Arsenal and Tottenham, we don't know what our expectations are. I think. Yeah, that's the truth. Rather than overachieving or underachieving, we're just like. We don't really know. Yeah. Could be bad, could be okay. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling horribly out of touch because I'm just looking at the Tottenham squad on, on uh, I haven't been watching too much football at the start of this season. It's probably a, a bad admission to make on a, on a football <laughs> podcast. But you made it I'm all the way to the end of the podcast. <laughs> like, I'm seeing like, we'll, we'll edit it out. It's all right. Emerson, <laughs> Aparecido, Leiter de Souza Jr. <laughs> Other He's the right back. Him. He's the starting right back. Uh, yeah. This one called Brian. Oh, Brian Gill. I think I heard he's a winger, isn't he? Yeah. No, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's a lot of players I'm not, not familiar with there. If, um, well, if I was going to pick... Okay, so if we're doing Tottenham, if I was going to pick Tottenham players, right, would they, we'll see how this develops over the season. You, you pick um, Oliver Skip because that's the only Tottenham player you I picked, have, right? <laughs> he's basically in there because I've taken out all my other Tottenham players for now. And, and just on principle, I need to have one. Um, but no, Skip's a good 4.5 option if he keeps playing. But my picks would be uh, Deli Ali, 
Um, I just I just can't justify not having him in, in, at least play a role in my team over the season when he's at 6.5 million because, mm. yeah, he's playing a slightly deeper role, but he does have license to get forward. He does seem to be, you know, look, looking like he's going to play every week. And he's just too good to, 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 to not consider. Um, and then uh, Lo Celso as well. I, I mean, we'll see, we'll see if he gets a, a consistent run in the team. But he's, he's been, ever since he came to Tottenham, in and out um, because of injuries. But a quality player. And the closest thing we have to a replacement for Ericsson. So far, when he's played this season, he's been playing on the wing. Which doesn't make sense, but for fantasy football terms, means that he's getting forward a lot. And uh, so I want to keep my eye on him too, another 6.5 midfielder option. Um, But I'd probably leave it there. I mean, Harry Harry Kane, we'll we'll, we'll see, but uh, Son, we'll see. But but so far, uh, I would look more at those uh, better value midfield players from Tottenham. I think it says a lot that you've got Oliver Skip, the only Tottenham player in your team on your bench and Aaron Ramsdale is your starting goalkeeper right? So yeah, for the North London derby it says a lot about <laughs> Harry Kane <laughs> Well I benched White at least uh, <laughs> but, uh, Yeah, no I don't know how I feel about that, we'll see I'm the same, I've got no Arsenal players I think that says it all um, I, I, do think, uh, I do think Kane's a tempter though now, he's gone down to 12.1 that's I true. Mean, Has he gone that far? My God, that's a long yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, he is, but uh, can't, yeah, I mean, if I'm going to switch Ronaldo, it's got to be Lukaku at the moment. Um, but, but yeah, Kane is, is oh, I'm itching to put him in, but I, I just, I, I think it's hard to justify until he, until he starts delivering. There's some good fixtures from game week 11, so we've got a little bit of time, maybe wait until then. We'll see. Um, all right, guys, should we leave it there? And um, it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Gary. My pleasure. And welcome, John, and thank you for your insight as well. Thank you very much. This is, this is great fun. Oh, nice. We'll, we'll do it again then. <laughs> All right, see you guys. All right, have a good one.